everybody. This is Pastor Chad. Today is Sunday, September 11th, 2022. And uh, whenever we hear that date, it brings back some very dark memories, especially for Americans uh, regarding the events that took place on September 11th, 2001. And with that in mind, uh, it has much to do with the sermon today, which is entitled Delighting in Truth, which is based on John 8, 31 through 37. Uh, before I get into that, I wanted to apologize. There was no sermon last week. Um, I've had a, just a ridiculous schedule lately, the last few months, and I'm trying to make some changes to that. And last week, I was just unable to get anything uh, ready in time to release. So hopefully that won't happen again. I apologize, and I plan to be back here, God willing, every Sunday with a message. Um, so let's pray, and we will get into today's message. Heavenly Father, uh, as we gather together uh, this Sunday afternoon, I ask that you would just bless this message, that you would open the hearts and the minds and the spirits of everyone that hears it, uh, that especially on a day that commemorates uh, such uh, evil and violence that took place against our country, that we would turn our minds and our hearts and our spirits and our eyes to you, and that we would seek truth in the midst of so much chaos and confusion and deceitfulness and darkness, that we would abide in you and we would abide in the light. And Lord, I just ask that you would use this message to help us to do so. And we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title of the message again is Delighting in Truth. September 11th is a dark day in American history, a day we all remember very clearly as the generation before us, remember the day President Kennedy was assassinated. Two terrible events, both surrounded by unanswered questions and questionable explanations. Both events, especially 9-11, were wake-up calls to the American people. As official narratives were exposed as contradictory, as evidence came to light refuting what we the people were told was the truth of the matter, even the most gullible came to realize that something is very wrong. We came to see that truth is hidden, motives are concealed, and what we were led to believe was the truth is mostly fabricated lies. But the darkness of lies has its benefit. It makes the light of truth more precious and more of a delight. It is clear that we will not find much truth in this world, and it has always been that way. But if we have the proper source of vision, we can see all things through the lens of truth. That proper source of vision is the word of God. If we see everything through the lens of the word of the one who created everything, we will stand a much better chance of making sense of and understanding it all. As the world is depressed by lies and deceptions, those with eyes to see and ears to hear will delight in the truth, we will be free as the world is led further into bondage. We will be that contradiction to it that we are told believers in Christ will be. 
And this is something I just keep coming back to again and again, is just this passion and this disease and this zeal and this delight that we must have for God's word and his law and his truth with all that we're going through in the world. This is something that just comes up over and over again, and not just through my sermons, but just talking to people daily and throughout the week and conversations. People are frustrated. They're depressed. They're concerned because they know something is severely wrong in the world, and they're trying to figure out what can I trust in? What can I have faith in? What is truth? Why are things the way they are? And again, because of that being the situation that we're in, in these times in which we live, the truth of God shines that much brighter. So it's going to be something that I really want to just continue to move forward in because it's going to be that simple, humble, genuine, pure Christian faith and delight in the word of God, delight in the message of the gospel that will strengthen us as we move through these times. Let's look at John 8. 31 through 37, which say, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When he says the Jews who had believed in him, he's referring back to John, John 8, verse 30, the previous verse, which said, as he was saying these things, basically proclaiming the gospel, the truth about himself, many believed in him. So the question arises, did they believe in acknowledgement or did they believe in him for salvation as Messiah, Savior, and Lord? And like I've, I've taught before, many people will say, yes, I believe in Jesus. But that's not where salvation lies. Demons believe in Christ. Satan believes in Christ. True belief is trusting and having faith in him, understanding the message of the gospel and placing our eternal, our eternal security, our eternal hope for salvation in the person and the work of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished at Calvary. He says, if you abide in my word, the King James Version says, if you continue it comes from the Greek word meno, which means to abide, remain, dwell, continue, endure. A very important uh, word to understand. Jesus is warning that one of the signs of true, genuine, saving faith is abiding, continuing in his word, continuing in belief and in obedience according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matthew 10.22 says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Consider what precedes that verse in Matthew 10.21. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my namesake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Why will brother be against brother? Father against child, children against parents, believers hated by all for the name of Jesus Christ? Why is America more divided and consumed by hate than we were on September 11th, 2001? You would think that such an event would bring a country together in a common cause, but we are more fragmented and more divided and more hateful now by far than we were on September 11th, 2001. Why is that? 
I believe the answer, much of it lies in Ephesians 6, 12, which says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There are forces and powers at work in the unseen realm, and as we move closer to the final day, the intensity of their influence in this world increases. And I believe that is an answer for much of what we see happening in the world today. But Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. We take up the armor of God by prayer, by abiding in the word, by worship, fellowship, service, obedience, and by being conformed to the image of Christ. Hebrews 3, 12 through 14 says, Take care, brothers, lest there be any lest, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. That none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And I believe that, again, is something that we see happening more and more visibly in the world around us. People be, are becoming to, uh, seeming more uh, hateful, more hardened, less caring. But Christians need to be the opposite of that and exemplify Christ. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Our original confidence is the pure, sacred gospel of Jesus Christ. That's where our confidence springs from. By the grace and the strength of God, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, our faith and trust in Christ will be our confidence as we persevere abiding in him and his truth. Colossians 1, 21 through 23 says, And you who, were, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. If we abide in his word, it shows that we are his disciples. And because we are his disciples, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. Set us free from what? From sin and its enslaving hold. From the sinful desires of the flesh. From our spiritual enemies. From the deceitfulness of this world. From the errors of false teachings. From the lies of the enemy in this world as referred to in Ephesians 6, 12, and 13 previously. So how do we abide in the word of Christ? What does it really mean to abide in the word of Christ? Matthew 4, 4 says, But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, referring to Deuteronomy 8, 3. 
And John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the word of God. John 6.56 says, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I abide in him. John 15.5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. As Christians, we abide in the word by God's grace and by necessity. It is our lifeblood and our joy. Our rebellious desire for sin is replaced with a desire for Christ and for his word. When Christ says, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, he is saying, feed on my word. Commune with me through my blessed word. John 14, 15 through 17 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. How can we keep Christ's commandments unless we are abiding in his word? Unless the Holy Spirit regenerates us and we are born again, we cannot see or hear the word. It all begins through a supernatural, supernatural act of regeneration by the power of God through the working of the Holy Spirit. The perseverance or preservation of the saints is much of what we're speaking of today. Perseverance is a distinguishing sign of those who are truly born again in Jesus Christ. And we're starting to see the importance of that as Christianity is attacked more and more blatantly and openly from our society. We are starting to get the sense of the fact that we are going to need to abide in the word and to persevere in the truth of the gospel in spite of the attacks and the pressures from the world and the society around us not to do so. John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Because we have been blessed to see the kingdom of God, our joy rests with Christ and we persevere until we are with him in his eternal glory. Again, John 8, 32 says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The ruler of this world hates this truth and is intent on keeping us from it. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The only way to true, lasting, eternal freedom is to be freed from sin and reconciled to God in and through Jesus Christ. Everything else will spring from that. Isaiah 61, 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Bound in a death sentence in sin. But Acts 4, 11 and 12 says, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So do not be weighed down by the deceptions of this world. Instead, delight in the truth of the word of God. Walk 
in the light. And I'm going to close with Psalm 1, 1 through 6. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And if all goes according to plan, I'm in the process of working on that portion of Scripture, Psalm 1, uh, for my sermon next week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that your word would be a light before us, that it would shine around us, that you would go before us, you would go behind us, that you would close us in and protect us in your word, that you would bless us with this supernatural ability to understand the things that are happening in the world so we are not weighed down by the deception and the lies and the darkness, but that we would live above that and that we would live by abiding in you, feeding on your, on your word, communing with you, and enjoying fellowship with you. And Lord, as we come into this fall, into, in, as we move into the coming week, I just ask that you would uh, bless us with uh, strength, confidence, courage, and boldness to walk with you in spite of pressures not to do so, and to proclaim your gospel at every opportunity. May your word fill our hearts and be the delight uh, that guides us each day in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here today. God willing, we'll be back here next Sunday, same time, same place. If you get a chance, please visit uh, elephantwalk.net. That's our website. Or you can visit our Etsy shop, where, which is where most of our business is done. Just go to etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash elephantwalk inc and you can visit our store there just type the way upon checkout for a 10 percent discount if you are interested in making a purchase the proceeds go to help support the ministry and the work we're doing in kenya you can find our website at the way r122.org you can subscribe or listen to the podcast at christianpodcastcommunity.org just type the way radio in the search field we're also on Rumble. Just go to Rumble and search for The Way, R122. That's all the sermons since June 2021. Anything before that is on YouTube, and you can find us on YouTube at The Way Ministry Church. I stopped posting to YouTube when I was, uh, they tried to get rid of me because of what I was uh, exposing about the COVID hoax. Uh, please consider helping the ministry, supporting the ministry and helping us to continue doing the work that we're doing. And you can donate by going to the way r122.org and just go to the donate page. All right. God bless you guys. We'll be back here next week. God willing, same time, same place. Have a great and awesome week. God bless.